Good morning, everyone. It's like Fat Friday in here. Good morning. (laughs) We just had Detroit (laughs) City Distillery in here, and we got to try a couple of their punchki vodkas, and there are all these punchkis to eat. And they smell so good, I wish I could share with you all listening, because they're huge and they're delicious. So we're excited to have some guests on a Friday, right, Lloyd? We are, and especially guests with gifts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's the best kind of guess. Um, it's a Friday before the NFC Championship game. If you're wondering, Debo Samuel practiced yesterday. Um, he did not practice on Wednesday, but he was limited in Thursday's session. As you know, he injured his shoulder last week against the Green Bay Packers. So I, I really think this guy is going to play. It's a big deal game. Yeah. But to what extent, we don't know. But same for Sam Laporta. As you know, he's dealing with his knee. He didn't practice on Wednesday, and he was limited on Thursday. Alex Anzalone practiced limited on Thursday. So did Josh Reynolds. And uh, Frank Ragnow, ankle, toe, knee, back. Oh, man, Frank is. He did not practice for a second straight day. Now, the a couple players... We're, you know, they talked in the locker room yesterday, and the questions are the same every day, but God bless them, they answer them. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was asked about former players coming back and just how excited everyone is for the NFC Championship run. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of those guys, especially here in Detroit, um, you know, didn't even get to go to the playoffs or, or win playoff games. So to do it here, I know how much it means to those former players um, to see their, you know, their former team finally winning, winning games at home. With the atmosphere, um, I couldn't imagine being a former player coming back and, and watching us, you know, do what we've been doing. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for them. I know they're, they're ecstatic. Um, I just saw a tweet from Glover Quinn. Remember uh-huh. him? Oh, yeah. He tweeted out, where's the Lions tailgate? So he's going to San Francisco <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, Thursday is the day the coordinators talk, Lloyd. Aaron Glenn talked, and he asked, you know, about his defense. He said, we're gritty. We know who we are. Are we the fastest? Are we the most talented? No, but we'll bite somebody's face off when we go play them. Okay. Which is an upgrade from a kneecap. <laughs> um, and CJ Gardner Johnson was asked some questions about the defense in the locker room yesterday. We get better week in, week out, and we, we don't care about the critics. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We, we see it, but we don't care about it. Give the 49ers the edge with all of their great offensive players against your defense. I assume that falls on the category of you don't care about that because they do have the best offense in the league. If you didn't hear at the end, he goes, next question. Uh, like, so he's a little care. salty. Yeah, yeah. We don't he care said about that. He doesn't care about the critics. The Lions are touchdown underdogs. They're going to San Francisco, number one seed. But why not? And I think they're going to be surprised at the amount of fans in the stadium, too. There was a report the other day from Vivid Seats that at least a quarter of the stadium is Lions fans as of that day a couple days ago. A quarter. I know. That's a big deal. (laughs) That's a big deal. And the Lions are going to celebrate with a drone light show above Ford Field on Saturday night. So if you're downtown, look up. And listen, in a crackdown on uh, counterfeit merchandise, a small business on Detroit's west side faced a raid by Detroit police and NFL, the D-spot, Owned by Bill Woods, he's known as Uncle Woods in the neighborhood. He uh, had his sports section cleared out after authorities targeted counterfeit Detroit Lions jerseys. Woods, who sells his brand Detroit Period, admitted to acquiring items from Chinese vendors, but emphasizes he doesn't market them as authentic NFL products. Despite his pricing strategy, with jerseys marked at 60 bucks, he received several citations 
totaling $3,000. Oh, no. Yes. I do know that a lot of people are looking for kids' gear, lion stuff. You can't find it right now. Well, you know, but isn't it something, though, that, you know, some of these places have been selling this kind of gear for a long time, and nobody's really picked up on it. But now, you know, the lions are. <laughs> there the was not a spotlight on the lions prior. No. I'm sure all that stuff was flying off the Absolutely shelves. Absolutely, it was. And now it's no big. Now it is a big deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're really excited about the lions. More to come in our next hour with lions and what they said in the locker room. But there, there is some hard news we have to talk about today, Lloyd. Not just the NFC Championship. Yeah, Michigan House Minority Leader Matt Hall. He's facing internal turmoil within his party following revelations of domestic violence allegations. Police records from 2019 accuse Hall, representing Southwest Michigan, of domestic violence and interfering with a 911 call. Though never charged, these allegations have triggered calls for Hall's resignation from Republican State Representative Jim DeSana. DeSana emphasizes the importance of honesty, stating that the facts contradict Hall's previous statements. The Daily Beast cites a document from the Calhoun County Sheriff's Office detailing an incident where Hall allegedly became angry and smashed his girlfriend's phone screen during a drive to Indiana. While some party members defended Hall's legislative achievements, DeSana insists on accountability and calls for Hall to step down. The timing of the Daily Beast report and DeSana's actions raises questions with some attributing it to political motives. Despite the girlfriend's partial backtrack on initial claims, DeSana stands firm on his demand for leadership change. And uh, Hall, he has not said anything. Commented. Yeah, no comment. Uh, Speaking of politics, former President Donald Trump warned that anyone who contributes to Nikki Haley's campaign would be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Coming up, we're going to talk to Eugene Scott, senior politics reporter for Axios on everything going on with the campaign and what's going on with the deal pairing Ukraine and Israel aid, uh, what they've been talking about in the Senate, Lloyd. And also there was um, the Michigan Court of Appeals ruling. They ruled two to one that former Grand Rapids police officer Christopher Schur should stand trial for second degree murder in the 2022 killing of black motorist Patrick Loyola. The court stated that there was sufficient evidence during Schur's preliminary exam to establish probable cause that his use of deadly force did not meet self-defense standards. The fatal shooting occurred during a morning traffic stop with video evidence showing Schur's repeatedly instructing Laoya, uh, who was on the ground, to release the officer's taser. Schur was fired in June of 2022 after being charged with murder. Schur's lawyers had insisted that the appeals court throw out the murder charge, saying the law allows the use of deadly force to stop a felon from fleeing when the officer reasonably believed a felony had occurred. So we will be back with more of the JR Morning Show, but right now it's time for WJR's Business Beat, brought to you by Shelving.com. We rack your world. Here's Jeff Sloan, founder and CEO of Startup Nation, to spotlight the entrepreneurial tech and startup community on WJR. Good morning, Guy, Lloyd, Jamie. New McKinsey research now reconfirms what past studies have already shown, and that is that focusing on diversity and inclusion in business pays. As Julie Kratz reports in Forbes, according to the latest Diversity Matters Even More report, there's a 39% increased likelihood of business success if you make diversity and inclusion a focus at your business. Further support, HR Dive finds that companies that prioritize diversity and inclusion are 12 times more likely to engage and retain employees, eight and a half times more likely to inspire a sense of belonging, and again, eight and a half times more likely to satisfy and retain customers. 
Yet with all of this data and validation supporting how DEI programs are so impactful for business, there's still a lagging focus on making these programs a business priority. Now, Julie points out in the article in Forbes, listen, you can't simply win by implementing a single diversity and inclusion training session. While these sessions may give the illusion that an organization is making strides in fostering a more inclusive environment, the reality is that they most often fail and your business can even run the risk of appearing to be inauthentic. To truly create a workplace culture that values diversity and fosters inclusion, Organizations must shift towards a model of continuous learning that focuses on implementing ongoing training programs, workshops, and resources that engage employees at various levels and stages of their careers. Wonder if implementing DEI programs are good for your business? How does improving your chances of business success by 39% sound? I'm Jeff Sloan, founder and CEO of StartupNation.com, the source for everything you need to start and grow your own business. And that's today's business beat on the great voice of the Great Lakes, WJR.